Hello everyone, this is Steve McKeon. And this is Lupe Munoz, and you are with us here on the Leadership Exchange. Bay, I'm really excited today, uh, the conversation uh, we started a couple hours ago in, in prep for today's. It really started with a discussion from a leader in the automotive industry that I had many years ago. And in this uh, case, he uh, brought a bunch of us together and, and started the conversation around what is the purpose of a leader? And of course, we all gave him our laundry list of things that we thought a leader should have. And these were all good attributes uh, for the most part. A couple of them touched on the two areas he was looking at, but he broke it down into these two uh, quadrants. And he said, the purpose of a leader is to give respect and get results. And that led to some conversations about how a leader can get results and the importance of values. And through that activity, he walked us through his scenario that within an organization, to get results, you have to have a set of values that support that. And then he brought us along with a conversation about there's four types of leaders in every organization. And there's the uh, leader that has values and gets results. And that's what he's calling a very good leader. And he said there's a leader that has values but can't get results. And then he talked about the third type of leader. And that's the leader that has poor values and can't get results. And then the last leader he talked about was uh, poor values and gets results. And so I, I think just to have our conversation tonight, you know, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about each one of those categories and, you know, what we've learned in our careers about each one of them and then the, the watch outs, the dangers with each one of those. I like the way you frame that up. The one that comes to mind is interesting dynamic there because from a business standpoint, they were getting results. They were getting the numbers, they were making things happen. But then there was the, what I like to call the body count, which was around nobody wanted to work for this leader. Nobody respected them. They perceived themselves as just stepping stones for this, this person. And there was quite a reputation that they had. It was not good, I guess, news for people that were going to work for that organization if they were aware. And then those that didn't, uh, there were people always making comments about like, oh man, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Because there was no sense of the leader really caring about the people. They were sort of like a means to an end. That is the one I can think of right now that was, I was really not aligned to the way this person did business when it came to leading. And, and as you mentioned, Lupe, you know, the, the poor values, um, they get results and, and a lot of times they last for longer than they should within an organization. And, and that has repercussions for growth. It's got repercussions for turnover. You know, just like you said, the body count drives good people out of organizations pretty quick. I'll take the next one, which is a leader with uh, poor values and can't get results. Those people generally don't last very long in any organization because you can see through them pretty quick. They either exit themselves or the company helps exits, exit them out of the organization. The other interesting one is um, the leader that has values but really struggles to get results. And you and I both have had experience with uh, these type of uh, individuals before and either worked with them as peers or had them in either a uh, supervisor position in our organization. And it's, it's 
it's difficult, right? And and I think one of the things that when you run across someone that has values and can't get results is you start asking the question, you know, maybe they're not in the right role. You're absolutely right. I think it's because they have those values. They are good intentioned. They're they're genuinely even you could say good people. But to your point, the the results aren't really there, and so there's this sense of like people don't have the heart to really be able to hold them accountable to deliver. And I think that 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 can be a hard play for some leaders to be able to say like, you know, Ed's such a great guy or Jerry is such a great guy. You know, he means well, he wants to do a good job, but the performance isn't there with the team. Yeah. And I think with those type of leaders, Lupe, is they're in organizations I don't want to say they get forgotten, but they're they're left alone. And so they're not able to grow. They're not able to really help the organization grow itself. And that's, you know, some of that danger that you, you talk about. When you've identified those individuals, it's really important to start putting together a game plan because you're going to have to really move quickly to either slide them laterally, maybe into a better fit or or even out of the organization that you're in into another role that you think that they would be good with. And, you know, I can talk about a, uh, an individual, really good engineer that I had working with me uh, years ago. And, um, he, he really just struggled to, uh, perform and meet his own expectations and, and also the expectations within the company looking around, trying to help with his progression and, and try to, you know, remove some of those obstacles for him. I saw the opportunity outside our organization, and it was crystal clear to me that if I could find a way for that individual to get into that organization, uh, he was going to be much more successful. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, he has done extremely well. And it was hard because the sacrifice that we had to make because of the capabilities he did have um, was difficult. But, uh, you know, the, the win-win for both the company I was with and him was for him to get that opportunity to move. And as a result, he's gone on, done extremely well in his career. Uh, we were able to bring in a, another engineer and she did extremely great in that role and just had a, a better set of skills for the culture within that organization. One thing that you said that really caught my attention there, and I think it's worthy of saying is that it's like a football team, for example. Um, the analogy I like to use is, hey, when you see an individual that has the skills for a running back, has all the traits that a, will make a running back great, you don't put them as a defensive lineman. So just because they're not necessarily doing a, an excellent job with leadership, then that doesn't mean that we, we say, hey, you got to get rid of that individual. Um, if they have great values and they, they're a good fit culturally, I feel like there's an obligation to try and make it work uh, and trying to find those ro- the role for them. The, the situation they're in is not the one that's going to make them successful. So I love that you're talking about, hey, what's successful for them? What's successful for the business? It, there doesn't have to be a decision of one or the other in most cases, I don't think. Yeah, and I, that's that's a great point. And, and I think the other one to talk to, you know, in this area is when you can successfully uh, hold them within the organization by putting them into a, a different role. And, and sometimes that means that, you know, they need to go into that individual contributor role because the promotion that they got was really uh, sometimes a result of 
them being very good as that individual contributor. And so the natural assumption that, hey, this is a great leader, potentially, let's move them into a a leadership role. And, you know, that can be a, a dangerous, dangerous move as well. Getting them back into an area where they can, uh, you know, have a sense of comfort and the ability to kind of get their foundation under them again and, and start to uh, grow again doesn't mean they're stuck there. It does just the right place for them to get back to. I don't know if you've got a couple examples you want to share with your experiences with the number two uh, leader in that kind of you know, move into either a new department or back into a, you know, single contributor role. One that comes to mind is this manager for the department and they were not being effective. There was distrust from the team that they were leading and managing. There was, there was a lot of people issues because of that. A lot of uh, performance issues as individuals within the team, but also the whole team. And it really started to affect morale. It really started to affect the performance of the team. And it really got to the point where some people were saying, hey, I, we want to leave if things don't change. And that's a pretty dire situation. So the discussion started happening around, okay, this is, this is a really good person. They, they really want to do a good job. They're just not, they're not that lineman. So what are they? Okay, well, Here's the skills that they have. And long story short, we started realizing that they had strong technical skills. They were excellent project managers. They they executed, you know, getting things done. So really the, the individual contributor role was perfect for them. And interestingly enough, when we started talking to them about this, they were upset. And a lot of people will be upset because you're talking about, hey, we want to change what you do. And there's a lot of insecurities that can come with with that situation for them, I imagine. But as they got over the initial emotion, they started really thinking about the the pros. And I think secretly, I don't know this, but they they had this concern and this insecurity about the situation they were in. And I think they were a little relieved to having an opportunity to do something, contribute to the business, still be an important part of it, but in a different role. Yeah, that's that's a really good uh, example as well, Lupe. And, um, you know, we've, we've got uh, several of, of those type of stories. And I, I thought it was important just to talk about them because the difficulty with the, the manager too position is you've got to do something. You just, you can't ignore it because most of the time they're they're not going to get better with time. And taking action, and and there's a there's a bunch of very positive actions that can be uh, taken. Some sometimes, you know, the best thing for those parties are to uh, you know reset back into that individual contributor role. Um, sometimes the individual may decide to to leave, and at the end of the day, the results that they're not able to achieve there, they find sometimes in, in other opportunities. So it's, it's a a win win, and and you try to play that you know win win opportunity as much as you can. Um, so that's just the advice, I guess, is, you know, don't ignore them, you know, really think about the uh, development opportunities, what you might be able to do in that role before you have to maybe move them lateral or even, you know, help them exit. I think the easiest category, Lupe, is the leader that has values, right, <laughs> and gets results. Yeah. So w- we've got a whole series of uh, podcasts to talk about that. Close out this section a little bit with, you know, what I think is an opportunity 
for change, right? You know, how many leaders that, that may be in that category of poor values and get results can change? Because it's, it's not a fatal position. Sometimes that's just how they learned the, the role, right? And so they, they think that is how they're uh, supposed to operate. And I know we both have stories of really kind of transformational changes that the number four manager has been able to make. Uh, we also know some that, that didn't, and that, that was uh, very difficult. But let's talk a couple uh, positive uh, examples of where having those conversations with those individuals, you know, allowed them to change and, and move more into that value driven leader that gets results. One uh, individual that I had experience with was, and, and you're absolutely correct, Steve, when you talk about, hey, they didn't do any better. You know, I joined the team and it was evident to me right away after talking to team members and the leaders of the team that their approach was sort of like, do what I say. Don't give me your ideas. Just do what I say. And if you don't do what I say, then, you know, I'm the boss. You could find yourself out on the street. At the very least, you're going to get yourself a good, a good yelling at. Not, not a great environment. This individual was one of the hourly team members. He was basically the equivalent of a foreman. And the whole team had that trait uh, of do what I, do what I um, tell you to do. I'm not going to necessarily set a good example all the time. And that's okay because I'm the leader, but I, you need to do what, what I'm telling you to do. And a lot of disrespect as far as the tone of talking to people and blaming people for when things happened. And this person, you know, was genuinely a, a good individual. But when I started talking to them in and asking them about, about leadership, like let's define what leadership is and good leadership, you know, it was very interesting to hear Part of his definition was, well, I have to keep an eye on everybody, make sure they do what they're supposed to do. I need to make sure I'm walking around and, and catching people if they're doing something wrong. Like it was, it was completely that, that side of leader that is, that's really sort of like the police, the, the police officer. Like, yeah, I'm just here to, you know, kind of keep everything from falling apart. And when I started really talking to him about, okay, well, here's a different way to look at it. And, you know, we're going to talk about this in, in, in episodes that are coming up here, but really started defining, okay, well, here's leadership in my book, and this is what I'm expecting for leaders in our team. It really started to open their minds. And now that person is, is now a supervisor. And although they have some development, we all do, to, to still uh, grow with, he gets it. He understands it. And I think it's important to, to point out that it's a choice because there's been a lot of people in that scenario that I've talked to and they choose not to change. And this person did choose to change. They saw the value of it. They valued my approach to it. And so they, they said, you know what, I want to be like that. And it's a great story because they, for me, represent the change in that team's culture when it came to just people interaction, but also leadership. Yeah, that's a, that's a really positive uh, example. And, and I've got uh, a couple as well, Lupe. The one I'm going to talk about, you know, happened about uh, 10 years ago, and, and it was a leader that was a peer of mine. 
And I, I watched them operate with their team. And, you know, she had that really command and control style of, of leadership, which isn't necessarily horrible. Um, it's just if the values or the, the practice of getting results over values is too heavy, they tend to, to struggle and they fail. And in, in her case, she was really a um, an individual that uh, felt that she had to really prove her way and, and stand up and, and show that she could go toe to toe with, you know, any of the other peers or, you know, any of the uh, other team members on her team that had either longer tenure or that were pretty aggressive. And this was a, an organization that um, I would say had a lot of type A personalities in it. So in some cases, the individual felt in conversation she had with me that she had to behave that way just to control the lions in the room. It was through kind of some discussions and, and kind of asking questions open-ended about a certain activity or just a perception that I had or some feedback that I'd received and was willing to share with her. She started to really think about is this who I am and, and do I have to behave this way? And do I need to really kind of to take another look? And and hats off, this individual took about a two-month leave of absence in that current role, <clears throat> switched to another role within the organization just to regain some perspective and, and came back in and, and was really, I would say, a transformational leader in that group at the time, learned to listen you know, learn to um, have empathy for her team. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, she continued to get results, but they're even better than she was getting before because she got her team bought in. They, they were a team at that point versus individual contributors all competing against each other. So that was kind of the setup she had was, hey, we're going to compete against each other. And through that exercise, we're going to get results and a lot of turnover in that group before then. And I, I got to say that, you know, after that, uh, people were knocking on the door, wanting to join that team. So that, that's an example as well. Let's recap a little bit, Steve. So there's there's the four categories of leader that we believe leaders fall into. There's the one that has no values, at least when it comes to people, right? Like how they value people. They have don't have the value the, the respect for people, yeah. but they have great performance. So they deliver on the numbers. Then there's the one that does not, neither of them, they don't have values. They don't value people and they don't get any results. And then there's, there's the other two. So my question to you is the other two, which is the worst for team culture of the two remaining ones? Uh, has values, but can't get results. Can really, you know, hammer team team culture. And that's really the one that we spent a lot of time on today, uh, talking about the need to intervene. You, you've, you've got to make a move on that or the, uh, the team will unravel. And then, uh, of course, classic one and is the one that has values and get results. And we all think we're that person or we like to <laughs> pretend maybe we're that person. But, uh, you know, honestly, with that number one position as well, you've got to work on it continuously, right? You don't, it's not a natural way that people uh, have all the time. And so I think that's the watch out with, you know, the number one position there that we talked about, which is the, the leader that has values and, and gets results. Um, you have to understand You've got to continuously improve as a leader and and work on your own skill sets 
um, or that position, you know, won't last yep. long. Let's switch a little bit, Lupe. Why don't you walk us through the last couple of minutes here and, and let's talk about the leadership styles and, and what listeners can expect on some of the future podcasts we've got planned. To expand on that leader that we're talking about, the one that, hey, has values and gets results, which is what we believe everyone needs to be. If you want to get high level performance from your team and, and create the right environment, there, there's a few things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, servant leadership. We're going to try to get everyone to understand the difference between managing versus leading, or as we like to call it, transformational versus transactional leadership. We're, we'll talk a little bit about, okay, trust and how important that is, like a foundation. And as a leader, how do you build that? The importance of coaching effective delegation, self-accountability as a leader, and then focus on intent versus action. And when you talk to people, being able to focus on intent versus action and how powerful that can be. So is that everything that a leader is? No, but we believe those are very important parts of effective leadership. And we believe that those are the ones that we should be talking about and we will be expanding on in, in future episodes after this. Yeah, and that's that's a really excellent uh, example Lupe of uh you know what folks can expect uh coming up in in the future on the podcast and you know I'm really excited to uh continue the dialogue. This is our second podcast and uh hopefully uh you know many more to to follow but uh, thanks again for the conversation today Lupe. I really appreciate Always great. it and to anybody listening in um you know send us your your comments and feedback. We'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, what you think of the podcast and also, you know, your own experiences or, or things you would like to share. We're happy to talk about those as yeah. well. Just understand that, you know, just like any good series, sometimes you got to listen to a few episodes to really see if, if, you, uh, if you like it or not. And with that said, this is the Leadership Exchange with Lupe Munoz. And I'm Steve McKeon, and uh, thank you again for your time.